0: Grab your Bible this morning and turn over to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12 this morning. Church family, a year ago I preached a message from this passage on thank God for thorns. And I want to teach, I should say, or preach a different thought out of the same passage this morning, won't be the same message, but the same uh, passage as far as the thought with Paul and his thorns. You know, a lot of times we go through Christian life and things bad things that we think are bad are happening to us, and we just either we can't explain them or we get upset about them. And Paul was in a situation similar to this, that he had this thorn in the flesh, and it was a singular thorn, it was a thorn in the flesh, a thorn. And the Bible doesn't say what the thorn was, Paul alludes to that uh, thorn, and I think in verse number 10, he's going to talk about several things, and we'll look at that, but uh, But Paul just was assured by God that my grace is sufficient, my strength is is perfect uh, in weakness. And because of that, he made it. And so this morning, I wanna talk to you on this idea on please take away my thorn. And I want you to look at uh, your Bible in just one verse and we'll pray. But look at verse number eight. And the reason I call it that is because of this verse. It says, for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And again, I want you to think about that thought, please take away my thorn. Let's talk about that uh, for a little bit this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, would you again bless your word. And Lord, as we look at it more thoroughly now, would you again open our eyes of understanding. And uh, Father, whatever it might be that you're trying to teach us this morning, may we not miss. And thank you that you have a perfect will, a perfect message, a perfect way. And Lord, help us as Christians, Father, to accept that. May we know your will. And God, thank you again for your goodness to this church and these families that are represented even here this morning. Father, we love you. And may you get the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Paul here again is a a believer. He knows the Lord is his personal Savior. He knows that when he goes to a trial, it's not by accident. If you're here this morning and you're not a believer, can I tell you that this morning's message is really for those who are saved? But the most important thing is knowing for sure you're on your way to heaven. I don't want to ever a service to go by to think that you can't. We've had people that have sat through services before and have accepted Christ as their Savior from a pew, and we've never known about it till even years later. And I just want you to know you have to have a personal relationship with God. And that begins with salvation, and that salvation is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, this morning, let's look at a few verses together. I'm going to start in verse number one with me, and again, I hope that you'll, again, stay with me and stay with the scriptures that you might get what the Lord has for you. Verse number one says this in 2 Corinthians 12, It is not expedient, proper, or fit. It's not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up to the third heaven. Now, Paul here is giving his own testimony that he doesn't know if he was in the body, out of the body, but he remembers a time that he was actually at the throne of God. Now, this is a very unusual circumstance. It's interesting that he doesn't share this until 14 years later, And he's telling the Corinthian church, he says, I got a direct revelation from God. Whether in the body or out, whether God just took me uh, in a vision to heaven or if I physically went to heaven, I can't tell you that. And look what he says next in verse number three. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory but mine infirmities. So he starts off by saying in verses, and again, you've got to think of things in context. Paul starts off by saying this thing that's never happened to anybody else to where he could be in the presence of God and he's relaying to this to us. And he says, I'm not going to glory that I either went to heaven in the body or out of the, he- out of the body. I'm not going to glory in that, that I've seen God, talked to God, given, been given revelations from, I'm not going to glory in that. He says what i am going to glory in is my infirmities and now he's going to tell us why the trouble and afflictions that he went to why does he glory Look looking at, at your bible verse number six for though i would desire to glory i shall not be a fool for i will say the truth but now i forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be or that he heareth of me verse seven and lest i should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations and this is what god told him there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Now, I think verse number 10 is Paul making reference to the thorn that he had or thorns as we would refer to them. Uh, that he, the problems he was going through in his life. Look at verse 10 now. Look at what he says. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in, in, infirmities talking about sicknesses. And then it says in reproaches, and that's talking about insults from others, in necessities, in other words, things that I need that I don't have. Um, uh, and re, again, reproaches, necessities, in persecutions, uh, just simply that. He was persecuted, obviously, in multiple ways. In distresses, he's talking about calamity or anguish of spirit. And why do you do that? For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Now, church, me again. Uh, think for just a moment. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I'm just trying to tell you, as Christians, just because you got saved doesn't mean you're not going to have any problems. It doesn't mean that now that I'm saved, all my bills are going to be paid. Now that I'm saved, I'm never going to get sick. Now that I'm saved, I'm not going to have any offenses with others. That's not true to true to Christian life, and especially it's not true to Scripture. When you look at all the people in Scripture that had take a stand for Christ, and you go to Hebrews chapter number 11, and you find out all those who were victorious in their faith, and they seem like they always ended up on top. I mean, Moses led the children of Israel to Egypt. Jer- Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho, and the walls fell down. Um, Enoch walked with God, and God took him. But then you get to the other half of Hebrews chapter 11, and it says, and others, And those others were sawn asunder, and others who were in hunger, in distress. You understand that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean everything goes like you planned. In fact, Paul here says, this was a messenger of Satan. In other words, there was demons that caused these things. Now, the Lord allowed these things to happen, but he says, this messenger of Satan that caused these things to happen in my life. Now, what I want you to think about this morning is Paul asked God to take care of it, and God didn't. In, In fact, in Paul's mind, maybe God didn't. God did, and we're gonna look at that also. He said, said to God, he said, God, three times, God, would you take this thorn away? God, would you take this thorn away? God, would you take this thorn away? So here he's asking God to take the thorn away, and it didn't go away. Now, it depends who you, who you read. If the theologians have written about his thorn in the flesh, many people think that his thorn in the flesh was his eyesight. Because he had poor eyesight, it made it difficult to do a host of other things. Some people think that his thorn in the flesh was bad health. Uh, that he, his, his Again, he talks about his, his appearance, being weakly. I don't know for sure what his thorn in the flesh, but I understand from verse number 10, it had that something to do with infirmity, had something to do with reproach, had something to do with necessity, had something to do with persecution, had something to do with distress. In other words, it wasn't a good thing. And I'm just trying to tell you this morning that there are times in our life that we are going to have thorns in our flesh that God is not going to take away. In other words, things are not going to go as planned. Things are not going to go like we want them to go to go in our Christian life. Now I want to just uh, just three thoughts this morning concerning this idea of what of Paul asking for the thorn to be taken away not be taken away, and I think some things to think about. Now here's the first thought I want you to think about: the absence of thorns does not make a better Christian. Now, I want to explain what I mean by that. All right, and I know these are long sentences really for uh, points on a Sunday morning, but I just want you to think that the. Paul was asking God, God, take the thorn away. Why do I have to go through these problems? I don't want to go through these problems, okay? Now, your, our lives are no different, all right? It doesn't matter if it's job-related finances. It doesn't matter if it's a person-related, it's sickness-related. It doesn't matter what it is. But understand this, that the absence of a thorn does not necessarily make you a better Christian. In other words, in Paul's life, it made him a better Christian because of the thorn. All right, look at, look at the Bible here. Look at what it said. If you're with me so far, say amen. amen. All right, Look what he says here in the scriptures here. Paul talked about several things here. And again, I just want to quickly point them out to you. In, uh, in verse number 7, he says, uh, now remember now, in verse number 7, it's talking about the thorn in the flesh. The first phrase of verse number 7, and lest I should be, what's the word? Exalted above measure. The last phrase, verse number 7. Now remember 7 talks about the thorn in the flesh. Last phrase, verse number 7, lest I should be, what's the word again? Exalted above measure. In other words, I don't like this thorn, but it's a good thing I have this thorn because it keeps me humble. It doesn't exalt me above measure. Now, church, I mean, there's nobody in this room that can say say, whether in the body or out of the body, you've been in in heaven. Nobody can. Okay? Paul could. And Paul said that though I've been in the presence of God, though I saw on the the road of Damascus saw God, that light come down, he, he, he had some miraculous things take place it was apostle paul who performed miracles like the apostles but he performed miracles but those things did not put him on another level or make him think too highly of himself and i want to tell you why because he had a thorn in the flesh and sometimes god allows us to have those thorns in the flesh to keep us humble i know what you're thinking i'm humble enough (laughs) I i don't want any more thorns i don't need that But wait a second, God knows you better than you know you, and God says, I'm going to cause you some discomfort, and that discomfort is going to get you to the place that you're not comfortable or think that you're better or think that you're good or think that you deserve anything. And that's what God did to Paul. Not only did he say, this thorn helped me not to be exalted, another one's mentioned, I think, in verse number 9. In verse number 9, he says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmity, my my thorn. Now look at verse number 9, starting with the word that. In other words, I need my thorn, that, read the rest of the phrase, verse number 9, read it with me, ready? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. So here's what Paul said. Paul said, I'm glad I have discomfort and affliction and distress and reproaches because it's those things that cause me not to think too highly of myself, and it's also those things that enable God to put his power upon my life. Just simply, mean, all of us want God's power upon our life. We want God's power as far as a parenting, as far as raising our children. We want God's power upon our life when it comes to witnessing so that we can tell people about Jesus Christ. We want God's power upon our life in a host of different areas, and I want to tell you how that happens. Sometimes it's a thorn. It's a thorn. Church family, Fanny Crosby wrote almost 8,000, if I remember correctly, almost 8,000 songs. And there's over a million of them in print. Fanny Crosby was blind at age, uh, as, as a baby. And she, and she just, she determined she was not going to let her thorn keep her from being used of God. And, and her name's well known. It's in your hymn book all through it. Why? Because the thorn took place in her life, caused her not to be exalted above measure, but it also caused God's power to be upon our life. And you're gonna go through thorns in your life and you're gonna think, why am I going through this particular trouble and struggle? Just listen, I'm not, as far as the timeliness of the message, every message is timely when God's doing something in our life. But I wanna tell you something, I know things that look pretty gloom, and again, I stop listening to the news unless I absolutely have to, but you know what, in the United States of America, it didn't catch God by surprise the way things turned out. And I'm not talking about necessarily the president of the United States. I'm talking about necessarily what's going on in our country right now. Amen. COVID did not catch our Lord and Savior by surprise. The presidential elections did not, did not catch God by surprise. Do you understand that God allows things to cause our discomfort? And the reason for that discomfort is not so that you can be irritated, not so that you can be upset with people. But that discomfort sometimes is to keep you humble. But it's also God's way of causing us to look to him to get his power upon our life. I want to tell you something. If there's ever a time, in some, I, I think that, I, I, again, this is Scott Hanks speaking, not necessarily, but I think that if, if things would have just continued to go smooth and we'd have had maybe what we call a conservative president, and boy, they, we understand there are so many things. I don't like the President Trump used, used curse words. That bothers me tremendously. I don't, you know, he claimed that he know Christ as his savior, that's not the issue right now because our belief system is not based upon who is president of the United States. Our belief system is based upon the word of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But we had a little bit of a comfort knowing that there was a conservativeness coming out of the White House. And we understand from the first day that President Biden took office that there is not a conservativeness coming out of this office. Can I tell you, this discomfort is good for us. This discomfort is good for us. And I want to tell you why it's good for us. Because it's going to get us on our knees and stop relying upon who is the person that's elected as as an elected official and realize that there's a God in heaven that's still in control and he can change what goes on in our country and there's a host of people that still need Jesus Christ as their Savior. And we need God's power upon our life like we've never needed it before. It's a thorn. And when I say it's a thorn, I'm talking about what's going on in your life right now, financial, physical, spiritual, whatever that thorn is, can I just tell you, you can ask God all you want. God, would you please take this away? Would you please get rid of this? But can I remind you this morning that the absence of the thorn does not make you a better Christian? There's some of you that are prayerless. It's amazing to me. Our prayer lists are really about thorns when you think about it. On our prayer list, we'll have, please get me out of debt on our prayer list, we'll have please uh, heal me of this sickness, or please get me my boss off my back, or please get me a new car. You, you know, all of a sudden, when you look at our prayer list, we think to ourselves, all we're trying to do is get, get, trying to get God to get us out of our discomfort. That's all we're doing. Just I mean, part of our thorn in life is what causes us to look to God and to get on our knees and to read our Bible and to pray and to get something out of a church service because I am not happy, I'm discouraged, I'm distressed, but the reason for the thorn is not necessarily so that get rid of the thorn, I'm a better Christian. No, keep the thorn and I'm a better Christian. Amen. Paul not only said that, that that thorn humbled him and that thorn empowered him, but in verse number 10, it said the thorn strengthened him. In the last phrase of verse number 10, he said, for when I am weak, then am I, what's the word? You ever figured out that your thorn, your problem, your struggle, whatever you're going through in your life might be the very thing to make you what you need to be? That's what it was for Paul. So when I look at Paul and the idea of please take away my thorn, when Paul was asking, and he asked it three times, I just want you to understand the absence of the thorn is not what he needed. It was the thorn that made him the Christian that he was. Something else I think that's interesting here, and in that it was mentioned in verse number eight that he prayed three times. And think about this: unanswered prayer does not mean God does not hear you. Church, I mean, in the, in, it's not by accident that Paul said three times. It's not by accident. Paul specifically said, "I asked God multiple times for God to get rid of this, and He didn't do it." But it wasn't a matter that God did not hear Paul's prayer. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, everybody's got their own thing, whether it's church-related, family-related, politically-related, country-related, job-related, no matter what it is. We've got our specific prayer request that we ask God, and sometimes we think, God, are you listening to me? Just remember, I don't know if you noticed it or not, but God's answer is only a sentence long to Paul's prayer. Look, look at it in your scriptures there again. In verse number 8, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that he might depart from me. Then verse number nine, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, just the phrase, my grace is sufficient, is was present tense. It wasn't a matter that God did not hear his prayer or even answer his prayer. It's just that Paul did not get the answer that he wanted. I'm glad that we got a God in heaven that hears every one of our prayers. And sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says wait. And sometimes the wait, you don't hear much, or you don't hear anything. Remember the Syrophoenician woman? Oh, would you please, Jesus? Would you please heal? Jesus almost ignored her. The Bible says he never said one word to her. You know, God sometimes does not answer our prayer. He's got a reason for not answering our prayer. And then other times, he answers our prayers, but it's not the answer that we would like to hear. God's answer to Paul was simply, my grace is sufficient. Now think about that. The word my is mentioned twice in that verse there. My grace, my strength. That was God's answer to Paul's thorn in the flesh. His answer was not, I'll take it away. That wasn't his answer. His answer was, my grace, my strength. But you grace is God's unmerited favor. In other words, God being kind to us when we don't deserve God's kindness to us. And God is kindness, amen? amen? And you know, as Christians, we have to understand that we can pray and pray and pray, and sometimes it's just a matter of God says, okay, listen, I know what you want, but I know what's best for you. I know what's best for you. Uh, sometimes my kids will ask me, uh, in fact, this last ball game, the, last bas- the kid, girls lost the volleyball, I think, and the guys won the, won the basketball. And so uh, when we got home, one of my kids said, dad, you should cancel school. The guys won their basketball game. So, well, the girls didn't win their volleyball game. Now, in their mind, they think they need a day off school. But I want to tell you something. As a preacher and as a parent, they don't need a day off school. Don't look at me like that. They need school. They don't need a day off school. They got enough days off school. And it's not that they won't have a day off. You guys guys want, if you want school off, pray for four inches of snow tomorrow. You get four inches of snow, we'll take the day off tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow's Monday. Just making sure you knew that. Hey, do you understand that my kids think they know what's best for them, but I know what's best for them? I'm their parent. Hey, can I just tell you, church family, God's your parent. And sometimes you're going through struggles in your life. You say, God, I don't know why you don't take take this away. And God says, I hear your prayer. But what you think you need is not what you need. Here's what you need. And God said, my grace, my unmerited favor, my goodness to you is what you need. And my strength, the force that you're going to have is not going to come from you. You you quote the verse all the time, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which... Where do you think you're getting the strength from? You're getting the strength from God. And that's what Paul was able to do. What he did is because God strengthened him. It wasn't a matter that he didn't answer his prayer, but God gave him the strength to go through what he was going through. I want to show you one more thing that's kind of interesting to me. What's interesting, look at your Bible again, and it's in verse number, um, I'll see here. I think it's verse number 10. Yes, it is, verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I what? Now, remember what he said in verse number 9, God's promise. He said, my strength is made perfect in what? And then Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Church family, weakness does not mean you are not strong. So what's happening is you're going through a trial in your life and you just feel like physically you're drained, spiritually you're drained, financially you're drained. And you think, man, I'm just not a good Christian. But wait a second here. Our strength does not come from physical things. Our strength comes from spiritual things. The Bible says in Proverbs, A wise man is strong, yeah, a man of knowledge increases strength. What's he talking about? You're going to be a bodybuilder? No, he's not talking about physical strength. He's talking about spiritually That you're going to be strong because of what God does through you in your weakness. How many men did Gideon have? Gideon had how many? Talk to me. 300 men. All right. you know how many Midianites were killed? 135,000. You know why? Because God took somebody's weakness and put a strength to it. Joshua marches around the walls of Jericho. David takes a sling and kills a giant. What does it come down to? It's God taking our weakness and using that weakness and putting his strength behind it and doing great things. But he cannot put his strength behind. Hey, listen, it goes back to that if you're already strong, well, I'm already financially stable. No, and then God, no, God says, I want you to wear your weak so that I can show you it's me doing it, not you doing it. Turn over to 1 Corinthians. Uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians. Turn over to Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, real quick. 1 Corinthians 1. Look at verse 26, 1 Corinthians 1, 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Now think about that. Wise, mighty, noble, those that aren't called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, why? Read verse 29 out loud, ready? That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom, in other words, God's given unto us to wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, read the last phrase, verse 31 together, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. God, would you please take this thorn away? I don't have enough money to even live on. God, would you please take this thorn away? I'm sick, and I'm dealing with this ailment. God, would you please take this thorn away? I'm having problems in my marriage. Would you please take this thorn away? I've got a wayward child. Would you please take this thorn away? Things on the job are just chaotic. God, would you please take this thorn away? The things that are happening in our nation, why? I want to tell you something. The thorn is good. Thorn's good. Stop looking at the bad as something that's bad. It's the thorn that's going to make you a better Christian. It's the thorn that's going to allow God to put his strength behind your weakness. It's that thorn that God's trying to use in your life to keep you humble and to keep you right and to put his power upon your life. You know, listen, a person goes to Bible college and they go to Bible college. And of course, when you're first out of high school, you don't really have a whole lot of money or anything. You going to Bible college and then you're gonna get inside of a dorm and you're gonna be inside of a dorm and your roommate, you're gonna live with somebody you've never lived with before, who doesn't even have the same anything that you do. And then you're gonna to go to classes and they're gonna ask you to do things on your classes that are different from high school. And I've gotta put, I've gotta come up with, I gotta do these term papers and I've gotta write these papers. I have gotta take these tests. I've gotta got work a job, I have gotta pay that. You know what college is all about? College is all about things being rough so that down the road it can be right. It's about things going being hard so that things can be easier down the road. And you know, it's Christian life, it's no different than that. The reason God allows those storms to happen in our life is that he can make you what he wants you to be. So stop asking for what God has already given the answer to. My grace is sufficient. My strength is perfect in weakness. And it's not a matter that it's not a real thorn, and it's not a matter that you're not in pain or hurting or problem. It's just simply a matter of, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You're going to have to trust him, and you're going to have to rely upon him, and you're going to have to let him take the thorn and allow him to do what he wants to do in your life. That's what he wants to do. You know what? As a Christian, we have the Bible and we look to the Bible and it gives us our answers and it gives us our comfort. I know that there's oftentimes a person will sit to a service and it doesn't make sense when the preacher's preaching. That that, that doesn't make logical sense. Can I tell you something? The thorn and letting God take care of the thorn is not logical. It's spiritual. If you're not saved this morning, can I just beg you that you'd let someone take a Bible and show you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Jesus Christ died for you so you can go to heaven. He's the only way. Christian, if you're saved this morning, then do not allow the problems of life to cause you to backslide or not trust God because God knows exactly what he's doing. Daniel prayed for 21 days before he got an answer. Isaac prayed for 20 years before he got an answer. But in both cases, God knew what the answer was and he always knows what the answer is. You know, in all the turmoil that's going on in our country right now, it's so easy to get upset. And church Emily, you're gonna have to do some things to guard your spirit Alrighty, there's some things you're gonna to have to do to make sure that you do not become worldly in the sense of worldly mindedness, of worrying and why things are happening. I wanna tell you what's happening. God is in control of everything that's happening. So what you gotta do, you gotta trust him. And you know what, you just take another day and you work, you eat, take care of your family, tell people about Jesus Christ, have your walk with God. You just keep taking the steps and no matter what happens in this world, it's not gonna change the fact, Either the Lord's going to come back and we're leaving, or he's not going to come back and he's going to have us stay here and be salt and light. It's one of the two. So we want to make sure that we do what the Lord wants for us. Please take away the thorn. Paul finally realized, I need the thorn. It's so I can have God's power, so I can have God's blessing, and so that I can make sure I don't get too proud. I need these thorns. Would you back and close your eyes. Would you ponder the thoughts for just a few moments this morning?